Good evening. Praise the Lord, everyone. It is, good, it is good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. I appreciate you, Elder James Phillips I. We, that's our ongoing joke. It's just how we enunciate each other's names, and we just like really put a lot of emphasis on it. So I can't do it as well as Elder, but that's our ongoing thing. I appreciate you, Elder. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this evening. I give honor to the Lord our God. He is king of all of creation. He is king of the universe, and there is none like him. Amen. Every Jew teach their children the following phrase in Hebrew, Ana'abda dekushka brinku. We serve the king of the universe, and we are privileged to serve the king of the world. Amen. We need to remember that, that we serve the king that sits on the throne of glory. And every circumstance is subjugated to him. Every demon is subjugated to him. Everything that we go through, every trial and tribulation is subjugated to the king of all kings. The Lord of every Lord and the one and only wise potentate. Tonight there is authority in the house. And you must remember tonight that you serve the king of the universe. I believe it was said that I beheld until the thrones were cast down and there sat the ancient of days. That is the God that was and is and is to come. Tonight, God wants to deliver. God wants to set free. And your king wants to, uh, to give out freedom and liberty in the house tonight. He wants to proclaim freedom. He wants it to be a royal decree in this sanctuary. Amen. Tonight. Amen. Amen. I give honor to my pastor. We are going to be reading in the book of Judges, chapter 6. We're going to be going through verses 30 through 34, but we're just going to start with verse 30 as an introductory scripture. Very familiar passage, very familiar judge that we are talking about. Love this judge so much. I, I named my third son or my third child after this particular judge. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, not the king of King Joash we talked about early, bring out thy son that he may die because he has cast down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down the grove that was by it. Amen. If we feel comfortable in doing so tonight, can we close our eyes and lift our hands? Can we lift the hands that carry our burden? Can we lift the hands that are bound with chains in the house tonight? Can we lift our hands to the one that have been trying to hold on to the circumstance where the king of glory, the one that sits on the throne, has that particular situation? Lift your voice, chosen generation. Lift your voice, royal priesthood. To the one that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. O King of glory. O King of kings. O Lord of lords. Hear our partition, God. Hear our supplication, King Jesus, in this sanctuary. God, you have promised to set us free. Lord God, I pray tonight, Lord God, that your freedom, God, just begin to infiltrate this house. God, we ask, O King, before your throne, Jesus, because you said that we could boldly go before your throne, God. We ask, O God, for deliverance in the house. 
God, we ask for a healing, God. Lord, set us free. Break chains, God. Tear down strongholds, oh God. Speak to us, O King of glory. God, we are privileged to serve you, King of the world. Lord God, set your sons and daughters free here tonight. In Jesus' name, can we give our King a hand clap of praise? All hail the King. All hail King Jesus. We will stand before his throne one day, and I am looking forward to him demonstrating his kingship to everyone. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess. Even the atheist, even the agnostic. Amen. Even in those in the postmodern society, they will proclaim who the king of all of glory is one day. Amen. And we are privileged to serve him here tonight. Amen. You may be seated. This evening, I like to preach this particular thought. Tear and burn it down. Tear and burn it down. Thank you so much for the background. Uh, I was telling our youth that worked the system the title, and they had to make sure the background was on fire. It just looks epic. Amen. Tonight, things are going to be torn down. And things are going to be cut down. And tonight... Things are going to be burned down in the presence of the all-consuming fire. Amen. In the book of Judges, we know the particular narrative. It is that time between Joshua establishing the, the region of Israel, the region that was taken over in the region of Canaan, and then going on before King Saul. Now, a judge was a steward, but in many circumstances, a judge was a military leader that led the people to deliverance. Now, now, it was the people's choices that led them to this oppression. In the book of Judges, the children of Israel, it was a cycle, it was cyclic. The children knew God, they forgot God, they were in oppression, they were delivered. They celebrated, and then they forgot God, and then they were oppressed again. Unfortunately, this was the narrative, and they brought it upon themselves. The moment Joshua died, that generation that came, they forgot God. So this brings us to the great judge Gideon. That is a great name. Amen. This particular time, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of God, and then God sent the Midianites and the children of the east. They came into the land of Israel, and they began to take homes. They began to set up establishments in caves and mountains. Not only that, they began to eat up all the food that was in Israel. They began to drink up the lakes and the creeks and the ponds. They began to take everything that God had promised to the children of Israel. That since the days of Moses, since the days of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they, God allowed this outside entity that was never meant to come into Israel to take what was promised to the children of Israel. They were in this famine. They were in this situation for seven years. How many of us come into this circumstance where something begins to roll into our families. Something begins to roll into our individual life and begin to take siege, and it begins to drink up that living water. 
It begins to take up that bread. It begins to take up the joy. It begins to eat up your identity. You begin to eat up your purpose. This is what the Midianites and the children of Israel were, or the children of the East did to the children of Israel. They took what was promised to them. Can you imagine how desperation was set in? They needed a deliverance. But God found a young man in the tribe of Manasseh. Many of us, we allow the children of the East to establish, to eat up, and to drink up the promises that God had put in our life. We allow that mindset, our emotions, our state of mind to take up residence in our walk with God. Not necessarily sin, but the cares of life begin to establish and to plant things, and it begins to fester. And it's like the children of the East and the Midianites living amongst the promises of the land flowing with milk and honey. But God has equipped us to do something about it. God has given us the opportunity to remedy the situation. The King of Glory has given us the opportunity to bring restoration into our life. Amen. So God called this young man by the name of Gideon under an oak tree. He sent the angel of the Lord and he told Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon in humility and uncertainty because he's been oppressed for so long. He lost his identity to the Midianites and the children of the east. When the angel of the Lord called him, he forgot what it was like to have encouragement. He forgot what it was to have confidence. The angel of the Lord was sitting there and said, Thou mighty man of valor, are you sure? I'm, I'm from the little old tribe of Manasseh. Who am I to be called? God has called you to deliver his people. God has called you to break things. God has called you to tear down strongholds. God has called you to break chains. But who am I? Is that how we have felt that we've been in pre- oppression And in our situation for so long that we forgot to have confidence in God. Have we forgotten who we are in God? Have we forgotten that we are a child of the king? A daughter of the king? A son of the king? So Gideon asked on multiple occasions, God, can you give me some proof? I mean, an angel of the Lord would have been it for me. But he has been down for so long. Can somebody please prove to me that God is with me? And if we are not careful, that is us. He said, okay, all right, God, if you're for me, if you are really calling me, please take my cakes and my meat and my stew, and and I want you to consume it as an offering. So God consumed it. Okay, God is for me. Later on, it was a test with the fleece, with meldew, or excuse me, with the dew and moisture, but that's a whole other story. So Gideon called that place once he had confirmation that God was for him. He called that place Jehovah Shalom, meaning God is my peace. But things had to happen before there was peace. Before there was a deliverance, things had to happen. Before God stepped in and did the miracle of the 300, did the miracle of Gideon's army, the the miracle of the shofar, the miracle that delivered the children of Israel, something had to happen before God 
brought that shalom, brought that peace. So God told Gideon, now the children of Israel, or excuse me, the children of the east. I'm just going to say Israel because I'm conflating the two. The Midianites and the children of the east had constructed altars to the false god Baal. Baal had been a constant issue with Israel. This Canaanite, this false deity, this storm god, there had been altars placed throughout Israel. Not only that, they planted groves, uh, uh, groves of trees around that altar. Much like we have groves of trees as a memorial, but back in the day with pagans, they would plant series of trees as a way of worship, as it was a time of worship to the false god. And so the children of the east established these things. And what's unfortunate in the apostolic life is that we allow things to be planted and grow. We allow things in our walk with God to grow when God never wanted that grove there. We have altars to our pain. We have altars and groves dedicated to our past. Not necessarily sin, but the cares of life. We have that emotional mindset, our mental health status. It becomes a grove. It becomes an altar that was never meant to be in the midst of the promised land. Amen. And so God said, I will deliver, but you have to do this first. I want you to go tear down those altars. And I want you to cut down the groves. I want you to burn it. And so Gideon and ten men went. And he was the first out of all of Israel to do something about the circumstance. Everybody else just blew with the wind of their bondage. Everybody else just accepted the status quo that I'm always going to be in this place of oppression. I'm going to be in this place where I've allowed an outside force to drink up and to eat up my promises and my joy and my peace. But it took a Gideon being called of God to initiate a deliverance. And for that deliverance, God said, I'm not doing anything until you tear this down. I am not doing anything in your life. I am not changing the circumstance. I am not moving the children of the east. I am not moving those Midianites or anything until you tear down these altars and these groves. What is the groves and the altars in our life? What have we allowed to be erected? Is it our emotions and our thoughts, our past? our condemnation, our bitterness, our judgments, and it becomes altars and groves of trees that God never wanted in the promised land of your heart. It is the land flowing with milk and honey, but before God can move in the circumstance, we've got to tear it down and we've got to burn it down. Amen. And so Gideon being the, the mighty man of valor, Gideon being the one that was brave, cut down those trees, tore down the altars, and set it on fire. And this, this next portion is what kind of shocks me because it is an initiation of deliverance. 
It is an activation of a life-altering experience. So, the men of the city went to Joash, who was Gideon's father, and said, hey, where's Gideon? Did you know that he tore down the altar of Baal? How dare him tear down the altars? How dare he cut down the groves of trees that were dedicated to Baal? Why are the children of Israel upset about that? Why are the children of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob upset that this mighty man of valor told, tore down what was oppressing him? But they said, hey, we've got to bring him out and put him to death. Verse 31, and Joash said unto those, to all that stood against him, will you plead for Baal? Well, it sounds like a foreshadow to Elijah, doesn't it? Will you plead for Baal? Will you fight for Baal's rights? Why are you arguing for Baal? And that's what our family members and our close friends sometimes, why are you making this change? How, what are you doing? Because we are tearing things down in our life. We're tearing down things to change, to get a deliverance, to get that opposition out. I want my land back. I want my promise back. I want my joy back. These are brethren. These are family members. This is a community chewing out Joash because his son had the guts to do something about the oppression. What are you doing? Would you plead for Baal? Will you save this false idol? He that plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If you're going to fight for Baal, we're going to put you to death. We're going to put that thing to death because it's hindering the deliverance. Amen. If he be God, let him plead for himself. Elijah must have taken a, a page from this. Because one has cast down his altar. It took one. It took one to initiate a deliverance for a whole people. God has said, I want you. God has searched our hearts. God has analyzed our life and said there are groves that have been planted. There are altars that have been erected, and I want you to tear it down. And once it's tore down, that's when I can move. Amen. Therefore, on that day, Joash, speaking of his son, called him Jerubbabel, saying, let Baal plead against him because he has thrown down his altar. Joash named his son Gideon Jerubbabel, meaning the one that contends against Baal. I want a name change. I want my father to change my name from John to Jeru, which is the contender, Jeru depression. The one that contends against my depression. Because I tore down its altar in my life. I want to be the one that has my name changed to the one that contends against addiction because I tore down the altar and grove in my life. Amen. God wants to change your name to the one that contends against your situation, contends against your emotion, contends against the thought, to the groves and the altars, keeping you from enjoying the blessing and the promise of the land flowing with milk and honey. God tonight is saying, cut it down, tear it down, and just let it burn. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise?
And then, and then the enemy came. The Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the East. Because we have to understand that Satan enjoys you in your prison cell. Satan enjoys having real estate in your promise. He didn't even go through a real estate agent. He just took it. Satan enjoys planting those grove trees right into your joy and your peace and your promise and your anointing and your identity in God. He didn't go through century 21. He just took it. He enjoys the altars of addiction. He enjoys the altars of depression. He enjoys the altars of anger and frustration and abuse and past and sin and condemnation. There are trees where it looks like the Amazon rainforest. And God is saying, tear it down. And just let it burn. But none of these things, none of the deliverance that God promised would happen until these were tore down. The deliverance that you're looking for in your family, God is waiting for you to tear down that altar. For your life to change and get out of the mundane and the routine, God wants you to go through your entire map of your life and look for the altars that have been built and the grove trees that have been grown and cut it down, tear it down, and just let it burn in his consuming fire. But there will be no deliverance until this happens. This is what God was telling Gideon. I cannot deliver my people until these are torn down. This is a prerequisite. This is what has to transpire before he shows his mighty hand. Repentance tears down those altars. Repentance burns up those trees. God tonight is saying, groves and altars must be tore down and burned tonight. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Last time the Spirit of the Lord fell on a judge, I believed that there was a lion ripped in half. And the Spirit of the Lord fell on a judge and... He tied 300 foxes together. Samson is what I'm talking about. But the Spirit of the Lord fell on Gideon. See what happens when you tear those things down in your life. The Spirit of the Lord has the liberty to move in the areas and the chambers of your heart. We sometimes find, and many of us tonight, in the same place, but the Spirit of the Lord is hindered by altars. And the Spirit of the Lord is hindered by groves. But the moment that it was tore down, the moment that he stood up as a Jerubbabel, the moment that he went against status quo, God can move. Satan wants you in your comfort zone, living amongst those trees, living amongst the altars, living in the ease of Zion. But God is saying, wake up, mighty man or woman of valor, and tear it down and watch my mighty hand. You want to change here tonight? Find that altar and tear it down. You want something to be rearranged? Burn down those groves. But if Gideon didn't, they'd be in the same place. That deliverance, that warfare, God's hand couldn't do anything until Baal was tore down, until the grove was burned down. What is in our life tonight hindering? I'm not saying not necessarily sin. Condemnation, our past, bitterness, jealousy. Jealousy gives you an entire forest of trees. Resentment gives you several altars and some trees. And equity to go with it. 
God tonight wants to prepare this church for a revival. God tonight desires to bring this church to a place for the end times. God desires to bring this church, but nothing can happen until we tear it down, until we cut it down, until we burn it down. Otherwise, the children of the East have residence in this sanctuary. But that's us. That is on us. It's predicated and on us. It's dependent on us. Nothing can operate until we activate. Amen. And then the Spirit of the Lord fell on Gideon and he blew the shofar. And he gathered the people and prepared for war. And then we go into how 300 went from 40,000 to 300, defeated thousands of Midianites and Amalekites and the children of the east. Amen. But none of this would have happened if it wasn't for tearing down the altars and groves. Revival can't happen until things are torn down. Things can't change until things are torn down. There cannot be a Jehovah Shalom. There cannot be peace until things are torn down. The groves in our lives, we've allowed it to become a forest. The altars in our life, we've allowed it to be a monument and an entire structure. It's become an entire city if we are not careful. Tonight, we spoke of liberty. Tear it down. Tonight, we spoke of freedom. God is telling you to tear it down tonight. And let it burn. It is all consuming fire. You want God to show you his hand in your life. Tear down those circumstances. Humble yourself. Cut down the trees. And let it burn. It may be submission. It may be pride. Whatever it may be. But you've got to burn it. Tonight if we feel comfortable in doing so. Can we stand to our feet? I believe tonight there is a Jerubbabel waiting to receive their namesake. If we feel comfortable in doing so, can we close our eyes and lift our hands? Just you and God right now, no one else. God is calling you man and or woman of valor from underneath your oak tree. I want you to go and tear down those altars. I want you to cut down those groves. And I want you to let it burn. And then I will change your name to Jerubbabel. The one that contends against the bondage. The one that contends against the oppression. Begin to lift your voice right now. I don't want routine. I don't want mundane. God, I don't want to be in this place anymore. God, I'm tired of my joy being drank up. My peace being drank up. God, I'm willing to lay it down. This altar is open. The altar is the place of death. And we have held on to too many things with these hands that we lift. Why don't you place it on the altar to be burnt up and offered to God. And allow him to change your name. Come on, children of the Most High, begin to lift your voice. I want you to think of your families that you've been battling with. What needs to be tore down? I want you to think of the circumstance. I want you to tear it down. Begin to lift your voice. Uh, Children of the Most High, there is a Jerubbabel in the house. Praise the name of Jesus.